0: We're going to pick up where you leave the party with High Healer. And feel free to interject comments or observations or thoughts as we go. And we'll just kind of see what happens. Okay. As High Healer Valerian glides ahead of you, you find yourself slipping from the warmth of the Temple Foregarden into the cool of the domed building. Glancing up, you see skillfully painted friezes depicting the stories you were taught as a young acolyte in the now distant Chapel of the Healing Hand. Although the only sound in this circular room is your movement across the cool paving stones of the floor, in your mind, you can hear Physic Humphrey's voice recounting the tales of the first rain, the great green seed, and of Vasham springing from its husk. To your right is the depiction of Vasham's skillful hands shaping the branches of the Airst tree, the source of first life, into the forms of living creatures. Yet another panel shows Vasham marrying Enferos, the god of death. The artist's hand has somehow captured looks of love and of fear on the faces of both during the ceremony. Valerian guides you through an archway on the far side of the chamber, and back into sunlight. As your eyes adjust, you find yourself in what has been crafted to look like a mountainside meadow. A gently rolling carpet of sweet, fragrant grass spreads away from you. Pricks of red and white and purple and yellow wildflowers show in velvety clumps. Ahead, and to the right, maybe a hundred feet distant, is an outcropping of natural stone that is recessed to form a shallow cave. Tumbling down from above this is water and your nose is able to make out the scent of faint wisps of moisture in the air. A couple starlings swoop and dart through the garden before whisking upward and out of sight. At your feet are some flat, smooth stones that have been sunk into the ground to form stepping stones leading out to the center of this garden. Valerian gestures his hand and steps back. I uh, follow the paving stones out into the middle. You follow the stones to a place where a larger oblong slab of stone, its surface covered in grayish-green moss, forms a place to kneel.
1: Peter goes over and he kind of takes a moment to just look around and absorb the scenery. And then he, he kneels, puts his hands together and bows his head.
0: As your head is bowed, the various sounds and scents and feels of your surroundings begin to almost whisper to you. First, you can hear the wind whispering through the grass. It rustles and bends in your mind you're reminded of how life is able to adapt to difficulty. A sudden puff of the wind causes some of the wildflower scent to drift into your nostrils, and you're reminded of the beauty of life. Beneath your knees, the stone presses your armor into your legs, and you're reminded of the toughness life can sometimes have. And finally... Through it all comes the roar of water in the back corner of the garden. The tumbling of water undercuts everything, and you're reminded how even when life has difficulties, a gentle, persistent approach to life can wear down even the toughest parts. So all of this is going through you, but then as you've been kneeling here, what you have not noticed is that there has been a very audible whispering that's been building in your mind. And now as you come to this realization, it suddenly stops.
1: Peter looks around.
0: Your eyes are most naturally drawn to the waterfall. The water seems to beckon to you.
1: I go over to it, almost in a dreamlike state.
0: And as you look the water parts, and stepping through is the form of a tall, slender woman, and you know without having to be told that this is Vasham. She steps through the veil of the waterfall's mist, her green hair is braided, there's a crown of golden leaves encircling her smooth forehead, her robes are cream and the color of deep forest and her bare feet step on the pooled water surface as she glides to stand before you. The grass at the pool's edge leans in her direction. The spray of water flows around her, forming a hazy glow as the day's sunlight strikes it. Her appearance makes you awkwardly aware of your every defect, and before her silent gaze, You find your innermost self exposed in a way you've never felt before.
1: Peter doesn't want to take the initiative to speak uh, in the presence of his God. He's simply just standing there in awed, reverent silence.
0: There is a long moment where neither of you speaks. And then at last Vasham's cool voice comes to you. I have chosen you, Peter Greyhawk, to be my paladin.
1: I lower my eyes
0: at this point. I have chosen you for your love for me and for life. Do you know why you are here? He nods. My hands shaped the first life. And, one day, will shape the last life as well. I know you know that I am wife of Inferos, the god of death. It is he who has power over death, not I. What you did today, striking in anger, that is not what I want from one of my own. Do you understand?
1: Peter can only nod.
0: I am afraid that as things stand, I cannot allow you to continue to be my paladin. However, there is a way. If I consign you to Enferos, allow him to take your life. Only through the giving up of your current life will you be able to take on new life, a fresh start. I know this punishment seems harsh. And she reaches a hand toward you. But in the end, it will make you stronger. It is what I deserve. To provide you a measure of comfort, I will call my most fervent follower to be with you. She calls softly, musically, you're reminded of stream water tumbling over rounded stones, and the sound of chimes sounds in the distance. Then a feeling of absolute peace rolls over you, and suddenly you smell the sweetness of the great stag. His warm eyes watch you with equal measures of joy and sadness. Hello, Peter, he says in his timeless voice. I am glad to be here with you at the end. A tear falls from Peter's eye. He nuzzles you. Basham moves forward and takes your hands. Your breath catches Peter. You have literally been touched by a goddess. You feel in your hands as she takes them away the prickly edges of a holly leaf. You must leave my realm now, my chosen paladin, so that you may wash clean of this taint. If you hold true, you will be reborn in my service. At this point, Peter, through the haze of your vision... You have somehow wandered back to the center and knelt back down. And overcome by emotion, you are just shaking uncontrollably. You can feel your arms and your legs trembling, your back is rigid, your shoulders are back, and then you hear distant voices. It sounds like Tira and Womberbash, and they sound very concerned.
1: Coming out of my haze, I look up and I look over at them, and a peaceful smile spreads across my face and I say, Do not fear, my friends. It is all by the will of the gods.
0: You feel yourself falling forward. You hear surprised yells from Tira and Womberbash, but they fade quickly. The next thing you know, you are tumbling, racing downward. You fall like a diving falcon, noiseless wind whipping back your hair. And then, you are not falling and your feet are on solid rock in a place of absolute darkness. Although you have no reason to know it, you feel the pressing weight of miles of Earth above you. Your eyes strain against the burdensome darkness. Then there is a sound behind you. Something glitters in the gloom, A primal fear awakens inside you and you find the shape of a tall, thin figure coalescing. The gaunt features and cold eyes of Inferos, god of the dead, appear before you. He doesn't form words, but your mind is flooded with images, columns of smoke wreathing massive crystal pillars, weeping people turning tear-stained faces to a watery sun clouds of ravens squawking and wheeling above the black line of a marching army, destroyed cities, and the crumbling of life. The intensity of the vision rolls your stomach and you feel ill. But then it eases, and Inferos glides back into the dark for the briefest of moments. There's a momentary pause, and then the glittering eyes appear again, only this time one of the eyes is a luminous white, The other a glossy black, both set in a metal face. The figure that appears from the gloom is shorter, more alive somehow, and as it appears, Peter, something pulls at you like a distant memory. It does not have to be like this, Peter Greyhawk, says the cold voice of the Reaver. What you have seen is only a possibility, The world need not be destroyed to hasten the return of the true God. I only destroy that which opposes my work and the return of Indatus. No.
1: If your true God comes back, this will be the only reality we have. You will fall, and I will be your bane. You mark my words, Reaver.
0: You sense, rather than see, a smile underneath the mask. And then the reaver waves his hand, and suddenly from the pouch at your belt, all of your star stones suddenly spring out and begin circling in the air in front of you. Their proximity to your exposed skin makes you real, and you feel their call to you. So much power, Peter. So much you can do to be of use to the right cause. All you need is direction, and I can give it. Join me. I will share with you the deep secrets and mighty power that come to the servants of Indatus. When he is restored, as I am working to do as we speak, he will reward his greatest with the highest honors. No other can bestow such power, and I and testament of this
1: Peter's showing physical signs of a very great internal struggle ever since that valley in South he's and he's seen the
0: power of multiple star stones he he's tempted he's tempted the stones begin to whirl closer together and almost seem to bundle up into one large star stone. And the power courses through you, and you begin to see, opening to your eye, unimaginable possibilities. Your very fingertips and toes seem to crackle with electricity.
1: Peter's right hand slowly raises, almost against his own will. Very slowly, every now and again kind of jerking back, but nevertheless constantly raising towards this larger star stone. Almost ready to grasp it, and just as he's about to take it, he hesitates, and his hand freezes there. But in the other hand, there's the prickle of the holly leaf that Vasham gave me, and Peter's eyes seem to open, even though they already were open. It's like they open in a different way, and he looks at his own hand, and then with effort forces it back down to his side.
0: With another gesture of the reaver's hand... The stones clack apart and return unwillingly to your pouch. If my words will not convince you, then perhaps something else will. Search within yourself. Do you not feel a connection? Something stirring that is lain hidden, suppressed by the weak-minded
1: one you knew as father? He is no father to you.
0: You are my son. And with you at my side, we will be unstoppable together. And suddenly floods of memories come back to you. Things that you have only vaguely remembered.
1: Peter just is in shock. He just, his face is pale and he's, he's slowly shaking his head. He even like takes one step backwards No. I... no. That can't be.
0: There is a sense almost of wry amusement, and the Reaver says, I will return return to you again. And he takes a breath to say something else, but then a warmth touches your back, and a silver glow begins to fill the room. The Reaver howls in agony and retreats into the darkness, the sweetness of the stag's breath touches your senses, and as warm light begins to push at the edges of your vision, you hear the familiar voices of Tira and Wamberbash, and feel the mixture of warm sunlight and tree shadow on your skin. The smell of damp earth fills your nostrils. The last words you hear in the darkness are, Well done, Peter. Before we close out this mini-episode that reveals what Peter saw, we want to remind you that some of the sound effects we used in this mini-episode are from BattleBards. Check them out,
1: BattleBards.com.